What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. And when he died, he died to no one's regret. That's it. That was what was said of this man's life. After 40 years of life, when he died, he died to no one's regret. Second Chronicles 21 verse 20, right there, he died to no one's regret. The writer of Second Chronicles, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Almighty God is essentially saying of your life, you died to no one's regret. What in the world could you have done that was so terrible that at the end of it, God says you died to no one's regret? What a sad epitaph to be said of your life. And man, I hope we don't live lives like that. I hope at the end of our days, people show up for miles to your funeral. I hope there's lots of people who said, man, you made such a difference in my life. You are wonderful. You are awesome. You will be greatly missed. I hope we are not like this man. At the end of our days, it simply says he died to no one's regret. Who was this? Who was this king? Who was this man? Well, we meet him in 2 Kings chapter 8 and 2 Chronicles 21. And his name is King Jehoram. Now, we're going to pause on the story of Elisha just today. And, and we're going to learn a little bit more about the kings. Well, King Jehoshaphat was king over southern Israel. He was a godly king. And he was the son of King Asa. And Asa brought back the worship of Yahweh, and Jehoshaphat continued in the reforms in pushing out all the Baal worship of southern Israel, while northern Israel was pretty much confirmed in its worship of Baal, and its worship of Molech, and its rejection of Yahweh. Southern Israel under Asa and Jehoshaphat had revival, yes! And then Jehoshaphat dies. And in his place comes his son. And his son's name is Jehoram. 
Now, Jehoram becomes king simply because he is the oldest. Now, he had six other brothers, and their names were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah again. Now, why you would name two of your boys the same name, I don't know. That might get a little confusing. Michael and then Shephathiah. Some really weird names here, right? Well, he had six brothers, but Jehoram becomes king. It says there in 2 Chronicles 21, because he is the firstborn. And to everybody of all his family, they all get gold and many gifts of silver and jewelry and gold and valuable things. And then they all get their own cities and fortified cities in Judah. And, you know, the transition of power is fine. It's great. You are now King Jehoram and your brothers also get gifts and they'll come to your aid and help you out when needed and all those other things. Well, behind the scenes, there's a problem. And the problem is a woman. And her name is Athaliah. Now, you've probably heard of Athaliah before, right? Well, Athaliah, she's not just this wonderful Jewish woman living in Judah. No, no. She is the daughter of somebody very powerful, but somebody very evil. Her parents are about as wicked as you can get. Athaliah was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. She was their daughter. And Ahab and Jezebel brought in the worship of Baal and brought in all these Baal priests and priestesses and encouraged the worship of Asherah. And they were about as evil as you can get. Remember, the Bible says nobody walked in more evil ways than Ahab and Athaliah was their daughter. Now, why in the world is Jehoram marrying Athaliah? Well, I think... Jehoshaphat, his dad maybe thought, if I marry Athali and Jehoram, maybe they even liked each other. If I get that marriage going, then guess what? I'll get northern Israel on my side, and they're a little more powerful than us at this point, and they're bigger, and they're tougher. And if I get them to marry each other, well, that's a marriage alliance, which will look in my favor, and that'll keep them at peace with us. Then I can continue to do my work for the Lord down here, safe and great and wonderful. Well, the minute you mess around with the wrong people, doesn't end up well, you know? The Bible says, he who walks with the wise will be wise. But a companion of fools is going to suffer. It really matters who you hang out with, and it really matters who you marry. Well, Jehoram, he marries Athaliah. And with Athaliah came that evil influence to reject Yahweh and to pursue the worship of Baal. One of the reasons I know that is because the writer in 2 Chronicles 21 
Verse 6 says, He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. And remember, he had six brothers, and they all got their own money, they all got their own cities, and everybody could have lived happily, and that was the tradition there in southern Israel, to let family live well, outside of Israel, particularly northern Israel, and some of the pagan tribes around. When one brother became king, to solidify your power, you killed your other brothers. You wiped them out. Because, yeah, they could be your friend, but they could also be somebody vying for your throne. They have that bloodline that someday they could lead a revolt, so you better strengthen your position by wiping out your brothers. That's the way the pagan tribes did it. That's not the way Israel did it. Unless you're influenced by Ahab through your beautiful wife, Athaliah. That's what Jehoram did. He slaughtered, killed all six of his brothers. And it says there in 2 Chronicles, and it also says there in 2 Kings that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And one of the reasons he did evil is because he led his people to worship other gods. In fact, it says there that he began to build high places up in the mountains. Jehoshaphat and Asa had rid Judah, southern Israel, of a lot of these high places. But here comes Jehoram. He brings guess who back? Baal. Asherah. And he starts to build Asherah poles and he starts to build all these places way up into the mountains, these high places. He brings them back and it says Jehoram caused the people of Jerusalem to be abandon their love for Yahweh and to pursue these other gods so easily. Man, it really matters who you hang out with, doesn't it? And it really matters who you elect to be your leaders because they're going to have a huge influence upon you in the direction of your country and what you're going to do. Well, he's not going to get away with it. In fact, we're going to bump into an old friend. Who was the prophet before Elisha? His name was Elijah. And Elijah wrote a letter to Jehoram, and he gives him some terrible news. Now, wait, you're saying, I thought Elijah was whisked away in a chariot of fire years earlier. How in the world is he writing a letter to Jehoram when Elisha is the prophet? This makes no sense, and I agree. This can get pretty confusing. See, one of the interesting things about the Old Testament is they don't always have time laid out like we do in a modern sense today. We know when people were born and when they died, and we have all this ability now to keep track of various dates and things like that. Writers of history back then would write to make a point. 
They would compress time and expand things depending on the point they wanted to get across to the reader. And people who have studied this long and hard have come to two good conclusions. Maybe the ascension of Elijah in this chariot of fire occurred during Jehoshaphat's reign. It doesn't really say when Elijah was taken up. And so we're not exactly certain in whose reign it happened. And maybe it happened way closer to Jehoram than we realize. And that's why this letter was here. Or, and I tend to lean towards this, he wrote a letter that prophesied Years in advance, what was going to happen to this king named Jehoram. And maybe he gave it to Elisha and said, I want you to hang on to this letter. Because when this guy shows up, he's going to be bad news. But I also want you to know, Yahweh, he's in control. Elisha, he's got this. Give this to Jehoram when he comes. Give this letter to that king. Well, Jehoram gets a letter from Elijah. And it probably came through the mail. And here it is. The postman comes up to him and gives it to him. And Jehoram opens it. And he's now king. He thinks he's the best. He's the smartest. He's He's got a beautiful wife. He just killed his six brothers. He's in total control. He's powerful. He's got the northern Israel on his side. He's got everything. He is top of the world. Things are great. And then he reads this letter. I think when he starts to read it, his eyes get bigger and bigger, and his jaw just drops open. Because this is Elijah writing. And Elijah writes, Dear Jehoram, he probably didn't write Dear Jehoram, but I like to put that in there just to make it sound more like a letter. Dear Jehoram, This is what Yahweh, the God of your ancestor, David, says. By the way, this is in 2 Chronicles 21, verse 12. Because you, Jehoram, have not walked in the ways of your father Jehoshaphat or in the ways of your grandfather, King Asa of Judah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, have caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to pursue other gods like the house of Ahab itself have pursued other gods. And because you have killed your brothers and your father's family, who were better than you? It's interesting. Elijah's saying, you're causing the people of Jerusalem to be unfaithful to Yahweh, to stop loving Yahweh, and in fact, to love other gods. And then you killed your own brothers who were Better than you. And he's implying they were morally better. They would have had Judah following me. But you killed them. And you're causing your people to love other gods. Because of all that, the Lord, Yahweh, is now about to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a horrible affliction. You yourself will be struck with many illnesses, including a disease of the intestines until your intestines come out day after day 
because of the disease. Yours sincerely, Elijah. Can you imagine if you get this letter? What? I am going to have a disease of the intestines that's going to cause my intestines to come out day after day after day? What in the world is that? And probably for the rest of his reign, remember he reigned for eight years and he got this letter early on. Jehoram is wondering, if I eat this, is that going to cause the problem? If I eat that, is that going to cause the problem? When is it going to cause the problem? Any stomach ache he got, he probably thinks, oh, oh, this is it. Well, he not only had to worry about his intestinal problems, it says that God also roused the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabs who lived nearby, they began to attack Jerusalem. And it says in 2 Kings that the Edomites, they also rose up in rebellion to try to get rid of the rule of Jehoram. And, and they revolted against the rule of Judah. And so you had the Philistines revolting, the Arabians revolting. And then Libna also revolted, another country near them. And so they, Jehoram had all these other countries who were attacking the Philistines and the Arabians were actually attacking Jerusalem. Edom and the Libnaites were revolting. And so he had to go out and try to squash these revolts while trying to stop all these attacks from the Philistines and the Arabians. And so he had all this war and stress and terrible things. No peace like his father Jehoshaphat had. No peace like Asa had for most of his reign. Jehoram was in war and battle after battle after battle. And then it says after all these things, bam! There came that tummy ache. And I wonder if it began with that initial, oh, not feeling too good after eating my fifth bowl of chocolate pudding there, but it was so good. I don't know. And he began to feel it, and then the next day, it didn't go away. And that pain got worse and worse and worse. And it says in the Bible that this pain, this suffering, continued day after day after day for two full years. Two full years. Two full years Jehoram suffered this intense, terrible pain. And it says the Lord afflicted him in his intestines with an incurable disease. And like Elijah said, you are going to suffer day after day until your intestines come out. Now, scholars have no clue what this disease was. All I know is your intestines are going to come out, it's incurable, and you're going to be in pain. And that's what the Bible says for two full years, Jehoram. That's what Jehoram suffered day after day after day. And then Jehoram died. So when he began to reign, Jehoram had a choice, right? 
He could have followed Yahweh. But under the influence of his wife, Athaliah, he chose to follow Baal. And because of that, for the next eight years, he suffered war, he suffered invasion. And by the way, those Philistines and Arabians who came in, it says there in Second Chronicles that they carried off most of the possessions. Well, it says all the possessions found in the king's palace. Took all his gold, took all his jewelry, and then they took his sons and his wives. And no one was left. They came and took all his sons. They only left one son. And his name was Jehoahaz, his youngest son. That was it. The Philistines and the Arabians took everything else. And then the suffering and the pain to the point that one day your intestines come right out of your body and you're dead. And then at the end of your reign, the writer says, he died to no one's regret. Man, I hope that's not said of your life. I hope that's not said of mine. And I hope instead that we choose Jesus. Because at the end of the day, if you want a successful life, if you want a life that people will say he did what was right, and he was a joy to be around, and even if you do suffer illness in this life, and even if you do suffer where you, you lose money, and maybe you'll lose a fortune by following the Lord, and there are many Christians all around this world who are suffering because of their choice to follow Jesus. God does not promise a life free of pain and nothing but pleasure if you follow him. No. But he does promise you joy everlasting, to be with him forever. Jesus does promise, if you follow me, you will never die. You're going to be with me forever. That's joy. That's wonderful. And at the end of your day, even if no one shows up for your funeral, God will say, he's my child. And he is now in heaven with me. And I'm saying to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Man, I want that said of me. Well done, not you died. No one regretted it. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.